Bible. This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. From the Willow Window Broadcast Center. Willow Window, making your home beautiful again with replacement windows, doors, and decks. Online at willowwindow.pro. Now live from NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. I'm talking twice. Boy, I'm good. I, I would make a great ventriloquist. <laughs> an echo. Yeah, echo, echo, echo. Um, we're over at Adams Place. And, uh, guys, I hope we can get rid of that uh, echo. But anyway, uh, they have really come a long way over here, Paul DeHoff. And uh, we're sitting in the middle almost uh, of the uh, dining room. It's absolutely beautiful in here. They have really made a big improvement. Um Hello. Hello. I am so tired of that. God. We have Pete and repeat, I guess. Yeah. Uh, give us, give us, uh, shoot up here amongst us. <laughs> but um, do I sound like that? Sometimes. <laughs> hey, Paul, how are things going? Very well, Andrew. Just. I'm going to let you do it for a while. <laughs> well, we've been staying busy trying to keep I got my COVID shot, my first COVID shot. Oh, did so you? It's, uh, yeah, it didn't seem to have any effects other than I was real tired a day or two later. But uh, So there was some effect of it. See, I, I didn't get it because I'd already had the, the virus. Yeah. So I didn't have to worry about it. And uh, my doctor, bless his heart, he I got the best doctor in the world and, and – uh, it's it's amazing when you have a, uh, a doctor who is like family to you. Right. Uh, you listen more to that particular physician doctor than you will anybody else. Yeah, we we went to Eugene Odom for years and years, and and now his son Stephen took over decades mm -hmm. ago, and he, he took care of my granddaddy. Yeah. Yeah. He used to have. In his office, he had a picture of all the babies he had delivered, and he stuck the pictures on the easel with a uh, used hypodermic needle. So all the pictures were, because they'd have a cow now because that's a medical uh, contamination, you know, stuff. But all the pictures were stuck on with uh, hypodermic needles, <laughs> used hypodermic needles. Isn't it something? We had doctors back in those days that were f with the family for 
35, 40 years or more. He he actually made house calls to our house. Yeah. And uh, that was a common thing back in those days. Not unusual. Yeah. He see, he lived on uh, East Main Street. He did. He pool in the backyard. Yeah. If you were a friend and you came by and there was a flag up on the pole, then you could stop by and swim. Yeah. Uh, if the flag wasn't up, pool wasn't open. Yeah. Which, which which voice am I supposed to respond to? The very first one, the second one, or the third one? I don't. Well, if you would have them turn the house sound down in the room, I think you'll be fine. But there's nothing that I can control here on this end. It needs to be turned down in the room because that's how you're hearing it is in the room. Ah. Mm. Okay, on the PA system. Well, yes. let's see. I have to walk over there and see what happens. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, we're uh, trying to address the echo problem, but it uh, gives a resounding repeat of everything. And uh, Truman does a good job here bringing up topics and interviewing people and a wide variety of things. Not yet. So he... Uh, he has a wide discussion of topics. That, that, that may have it. So we're uh, getting a little echo here that we had. Truman used to be sheriff here, of course, for years. Everybody knows that. And uh, has a lot of stories and exploits. But uh, most of us don't hear him very often because he's pretty quiet about it. But he was uh, he was in the sheriff's office for a long, long time, and he's been uh, active in the community since Caesar was a Rosa guard. So that was a long time. I think you got it, Truman. Huh? Is it better? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's making it back now after having addressed the intercom system. Oh, I still see a hear an echo. Um, the lady that does all this. I, let me let me try something. Else. Uh oh, they're messing with the. All right, Truman, we need to do something here. I mean, uh, do you just want to go to something else? I mean, I don't know how to fix that there, and this sounds silly. So, Hang on. Hang on a second. Yes, see if the uh, the lady that does this over there. Paul has gone to check on. Can, can, you, can you do a, a commercial or something, Brian? Yep, we'll do it. Okay. All right. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. All right, guys, prioritizing your health now is more important than ever. 
It's important to not only build your immune system, but to address any chronic health issues you may have. As you might know, I've been personally recommending Low T Center for years. Yes, this is Scott. Call 615-603-3542. That's 615-603-3542. Or book online at lowtcenter.com. Again, that's lowtcenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's healthcare. Discount Mattress is on the move, and great news for you. To reduce moving costs, all remaining inventory is being liquidated. Stop in today at 1614 Northwest Broad Street near the Georgetown Kroger to take advantage of the huge price reductions on their already discounted prices. Discount Mattress has been serving Murfreesboro's mattress needs since 2001, is locally owned and operated, and excited to offer these reduced prices prior to their move. Don't wait. Stop by today. Discount Mattress at the corner of Northwest Broad and Northfield. Adams Place is a premier senior living facility in Murfreesboro, offering independent living, assisted living, memory care, health care center, and on-site rehabilitation. Call us at Adams Place and arrange a tour today. Enjoy gentle joint exercise in the indoor pool, our soda shop, and many planned activities and trips for every taste. Adams Place is at 1927 Memorial Boulevard. If you want to get some barbecue, I'll tell you how to do it. Head for the Slick Pig and you're into it. Just walk through the door at 1920 East Main and your nose will send a message right to your brain. Say, mmm, smells good. And barbecue. Slick Pig. They got ribs and beans. Got spicy wings. Slick Pig. A Murfreesboro tradition. 1920 East Main. Get your good neighbor events to us in writing two weeks before they occur. We'll put them on the radio and the internet. WGNS, AM, FM, and online. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450. And streaming at WGNSRadio.com. <laughs> All right, we are back. Still have a... And, and it, but it's lower. Let's see. I think we've done just about everything can be done. Uh, let's see. Is this one picking it up? No. Can, can you hear me? Oh. Yes. It's an echo. Uh, Brian? I think. Yes? We're we're jumping off. I think I've checked everything. And uh, the sound is, it, it, we still got the echo. So what do you want to do, big boy? Did it go away? Yes. Yeah, it did just now. How'd that happen? Magic. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Did he fix it? Yeah, something happened. I don't know what it was. Well, thank goodness. Yeah. Good morning, Paul DeHoff. Good morning. <laughs> Isn't it a great world? I, I, I know that people out there are sticking a knife in my back right now, and I don't blame them. 
but uh, it, it's a crazy world. But it, it, it's still fun. I, I have fun. I don't care if if, uh, if the bombs are bursting around me. It, it's still a lot of fun. Now, tell me a little bit, Paul, about your mom and where she was from, because a lot of people here in Rutherford County still remember her very well. She and Dad came here in 1945. Yeah. Yeah, you're and, fine. Uh, they... Uh, they had been living in Russellville, Alabama, and prior to that, he was in Ohio. Uh -huh. When he was in Ohio, he met her. She was from southern Ohio, uh, near Portsmouth. Mm -hmm. um, Portsmouth, Sauda, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Sauda County, down on the river down there. Mm -hmm. And they would, when she was growing up, if they wanted to go over to Kentucky, the nearest bridge was the railroad bridge. They would cross on the railroad bridge, and if a train came along, they'd just lay down beside the tracks, and the train goes over, and then they'd just get up and continue walking. And, uh, they weren't laying on the tracks, were they? Well, laying beside them. Oh, beside okay. The tracks, yeah. They, uh, she had seven brothers and one sister. Mm -hmm. She was the last one to die. Uh, she was 95 years old when she died. Oh, bless her heart. And she was the youngest. And uh, her mother was one of 11 kids mm -hmm. in that family. So we go up to Ohio. you got so many relatives with so many different names, you can't stir them with a stick. Mm. But uh, we did a... I guess a heritage tour years ago where we went to all the tombstones and the graveyards and everything where everybody's buried. Some of them going back to 1700s. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they were there a long time. But her father was a farmer <coughs> and he uh, he would farm behind a plow. Mm -hmm. and apparently there was a big Indian battle on his farm. He hung a bag on the plow and he would, as he turned the dirt, he'd reach down and pick up arrowheads and big huge spearheads and some mm -hmm. real unusual lances that uh, aren't very often seen and uh, had hundreds of those things uh, in that bag that he collected took them all to the Ohio State took his best ones to the Ohio State Fair arranged them and everything had them mm -hmm. set and uh, the uh, last day of the fair they went in that morning and somebody had stolen them all that night oh my goodness and uh, so the only ones he had left were the, the others that he had his best ones were stolen but isn't it funny that history has a way of finding its way back sometimes. R right here in Rutherford County, we have uh, an amazing amount of history all the way back uh, uh, in the 1800s and, and some even before that. And I remember uh, when we lived on farms, we would find all kinds of interesting things on the ground. And, and a lot of it was uh, during uh, the war of Yankee aggression during that time. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, but even it, way before that time. Yeah, and then they uh, invented that metal detector, yeah. and it made it even easier to find all that stuff. And if you knew the history of where the battles took place and where all the uh, uh, people the, would bivouac or whatever, I mean, it, it was very interesting. And uh, I, I had a buddy, I, I don't know if you ever knew Matthew Royal or not, but he loved to do that. And when we built the, the new jail on uh, New Salem Highway, uh, he would go over there while they were digging up the place and knew where a lot of the stuff was uh, as far as uh, where the encampments were. And he found an amazing amount of stuff during that time. It is fascinating what can be found in doing those things. Yeah. They, uh, they just really bring history to yeah. life when you see it 
And, and don't you love to read the books that Greg Tucker has written as he has followed uh, all of, say, uh, letters to family and, and, all, and when people would uh, put things down for uh, view years and years later. Uh, you you kind of recall the real history, uh, and a lot of it would be uh, the, the sense of what was going on and how it was affecting all the people as it was happening at that particular time. Stones River Battlefield in the fall usually has a uh, lamplighter tour, they call it, I guess. Yeah. And uh, you, go to the, you go out there to the graves, mm -hmm. certain graves, and they're dressed in period costume, you know, mm -hmm. maybe a... a Civil War uniform, or maybe, maybe a wife dressed in her dress like she would have worn in the 1860s, and mm -hmm. uh, that sh that should be on East Main Street. Well, they <laughs> read the letters that these men. You're at the guy's grave, and they read a letter that he wrote home, mm. and they read that letter, or in some cases, they read a letter that his wife wrote to him yeah. while he was before he was killed at the Battle of Stones River, and they read that letter, and it just, it's really, uh, I mean, just gut-wrenching life. Yeah. Yeah, those things bother me. They they really do, because I, I, can, I can take myself back uh, 150, 160 years, and I kind of feel like that I can put myself in that person's place if, if it's someone out fighting a battle or, or, or whatever, and uh, you, you get a sense of what it was really all about rather than a lot of the times how it's portrayed on television or whatever. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem to walk the same trail, you might say. We used to ride horseback all over the park. You can't do that now, but it, in those days you could. Yeah. And uh, we would ride horseback way back in the woods there, and you'd see an isolated tombstone back in the woods mm -hmm. or a there's some areas where a cannon, uh, they, they left a cannon there where it had crashed out. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's fascinating seeing the history of it and what's going on with it. And we were out there for a memorial service one time. I don't remember if it was Veterans Day or Memorial Day or whatever it was, but the speaker was going and a train came by. Mm -hmm. And so he had to stop <coughs> speaking while the train came by. And there was a, a new reporter there from the newspaper and he said, uh, after the train went by, he said, isn't that so sad that they let them build that railroad track right through the middle of the battleground? And <laughs> I love you might want to go study your history a little bit. That's why they had the battle was the railroad track, <laughs> because this became the major supply depot for all of Chattanooga and Atlanta and Sherman March to the Sea. And, yeah. Um, all those things came through Fort Rosecrans, which was the largest earthenwork fort in North America. You know, I think that's the, the misconception of how things happened as we try to relate it to today's time. And a lot of these people who are taking uh, statues down and all the other things that they feel like uh, uh, don't belong in, in, in that part of history... Most of them don't have a clue what was going on. And when you relate history to today's time, it's, it's really impossible because things have changed so much. They have. Yeah, they have uh, some incredible statues over on the Capitol grounds that were put up. Uh, some of them donated, kids donated pennies and nickels and dimes to 
provide the money to put the statues up and uh, they're extremely extremely memorable and historic and part of our state history that that should not be forgotten you've probably been to all the museums here in the state of tennessee haven't you i wouldn't say all of them but a lot of them you know we we used to hike the trails at shiloh and uh you had a deal you could fill out where you'd you'd read it have a question and you'd read the answer off a tombstone nearby wherever that yeah. location was and you had maybe 40 or 50 questions and and uh then you got through and they'd take your thing and give you a patch for going through it or something but people still tell me that when they go over to the battlefield they have eerie feelings about some of the things maybe that happen but also maybe are going on while they're out there and uh i i can understand that i really can um i have it, talked to people who have personally seen ghosts and ghost units mm -hmm. uh, i mean moving cannons and camp stuff and this that and the other directly saw it themselves you know early in the morning right in the mist and mm -hmm. then later in the day it's gone it's amazing how few things we really realize about what's really happening in the world around us at that time. There are things we do not understand. Yeah, so. I sure I sure don't. Yeah, we lived on on the battleground over near Northfield School, which mm -hmm. was part of the battleground. Yeah, my youngest, my young girls came up and said, "Daddy, who's the man who stands in the den?" And I went, "What are you talking about?" Well, he has on a hat and long coat and boots, and he just stands there and then he disappears. Hmm. And I'm like, "How often have you seen him?" Well, several times. So we go over to the battleground visitor center, you know. I said, see that picture? That's the kind of hat and coat that guy has on. Yeah. So there are things, I said, well, there are things we don't understand. And uh, just uh, don't interact with it and don't have anything to do with it, but just be aware that it's there. Your dad was a preacher, a minister for many, many years. Yes. Um, and... He he was, I remember listening to him a number of times when I was fairly young back when, when he was a Church of Christ preacher. He started preaching in September of 1929. Oh, my. And uh, he related a story to me when he was older about having baptized for Church of Christ, having baptized 75 people in one Sunday afternoon outside of Caraway, Arkansas, in what was called Cockleburg Ditch. Now, he wasn't in a river, was he? No, it was a it was a, a big, well, it was like a big creek, you know. Oh, wow, did he? Actually went in the creek. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's where they would they would do the, they would do the baptism. At that time, you'd have a two-week meeting, and a lot of times you would hold all the baptisms till the end, mm -hmm. uh, and then do all the baptisms at the same time, because they had to go out, you know, wherever the water was. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I thought, well, you know, he's getting older. He may not remember that right. And about two weeks later, we got a letter from a lady in Missouri. Mm -hmm. And she said, I was going through my grandmother's trunk. She died recently. And, and uh, I found this newspaper clipping, and I thought you might want to have it. Mm -hmm. And she sent the newspaper clipping, and it was, a, it was about this. Uh, it said, uh, boy evangelist closes meetings in Monette and Caraway. And, 65 people joined the church in Monette and 75 people joined the church in Caraway. And, uh, you know, he's 17 years old uh, holding mm -hmm. those meetings. And I thought, 
how unusual is that to get that newspaper article right after he had just talked about it? Have you ever seen the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yes, I have. Yeah. You, you know, I, I can almost relate to that. I, it, if I was a young person, and I love the music in there, Oh Brother, you know, yes. and uh, it was uh, it was fascinating. I, I love those times. It gave an insight into the way some of the Southern behavior was and the, the Southern way of life. Yeah. But uh, I think it's yeah, special. It's interesting. Yeah. You, there, there's some things that uh, a, a movie, I, 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 the movie um, Gone with the Wind was on the other night. Yes. And, and, you know, uh, they were bannering it around whether to play it or not because it, it, it's sensitive to some people. And uh, one of the, the, the ladies uh, was asked to come on and explain it and about the history. And I think it really attacked... Uh, a lot of the things that are going on today because uh, it, it it may not be great memories for some people, but it's still history. And, and it relates to how people were in those particular times where uh, it, it was a positive thing or a negative thing. And But we have to remember that that's not today. That was... 150, 60 years ago, or even more, and and it, that's how people were back in those particular days. Whether they are right or wrong, it's still history, and you can't just block it out and say it never happened. Because how are you going to learn anything if you can't go back and see how things are and how you uh, amend and and take care of those particular things? Because, you know, times were rough for everybody back in those old days. They were. And everybody ex experienced hardships, no matter uh, what your situation was. The Sam Davis home over in Smyrna, mm -hmm. the original cabin, which is inside the main house now, that cabin was built in 1810. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> and they built the, the larger house around it. And... Uh, it's an interesting story of, of American history as you go through what happened and the yeah. uh, events related to it and, and the times that were going on. There's a, uh, there's a particular brick over there on one side of the house where the, the bricks were made by the slaves on the, on the plantation. Mm -hmm. And this guy put his toe prints in the brick. So when you look up, you see his five toe prints in the brick inside yeah. of the house. It's Interesting history. A lot of people forget, and I've been one of them, that the people who came over here uh, from Europe, uh, England, uh, Ireland, Scotland, when they came over, they were coming into a, a new country for them. A new government was established. And, and if you look at... Uh, uh, the Constitution and all the things that were developed to make this country a free country uh, and all the things that uh, the subject matter never of all the things before. they covered. No, no, it had never been done before. And a lot of those people are being attacked today. And how can you attack someone that actually established this country and, and made it in that they were not being controlled by a king or a dictator or anything like this. 
it was done for the people. And we all make mistakes in almost everything that we do that's kind of simple things. But if you think of trying to uh, build a country into the greatest country in the which would become the greatest country in the world, it, it's, it's fascinating. You have to admire those people no matter what because uh, who else could uh, do that thing? What's interesting about that history is they, they built into the system a way for it to improve itself. Yeah. It, it doesn't guarantee you life, liberty, and happiness. No. It's pursuit of happiness. Yeah. And and you still have responsibilities to live that's right. here. And you have, uh, you know, they, they built in ways that it could be flexible and adjust along the way mm-hmm. and grow and improve, uh, which we have done. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, you know, things things were done later which could not have been done successfully at the time. You have never had all the states sign off on it at the time. Yeah. Um, but y- you got that step done, and then you move to another step, and you mm-hmm. move to another step, and and uh, it the progression has just been incredible uh, as to what's happened in the history of the country. And, we've you know, we've got plenty of warts, but uh, yeah. we've moved on from a lot of them, so... And and it was made in a flexible way, like the amendments, like you were mentioning, yes. and uh, uh, it would uh, try to meet as much of the day's world as it went up. But uh, it was um, I, I love the idea of the Supreme Court um, having the ability, and and, and of course. Uh, they look at it supposedly the way it was written uh, uh, initially. Uh, as the forefathers wrote to the Supreme Court, they tried to stay within those boundaries, but we have seen a lot of things that have changed since then as people are looking at it uh, on the Supreme Court more politically than they are the way it was structured uh, in the beginning. Yeah, there were two main schools of thought on the Supreme yeah. Court. One was the originalist. What did the original founding fathers mean? Yeah. And uh, what is that? And the other was, well, they could not have anticipated this when they. So they had they had they been aware of it, they would have included this in it, and so we're going to include it in it. Yeah. And uh, that's the difference in the approaches of the Supreme Court. And the uh, the Warren Court expanded a lot of. Uh, yeah, he was supposed to be a, a um, very conservative type person, and then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. Eisenhower said it was one of the worst decisions he ever made. Yeah. Warning. And, of course, that's just a matter of opinion. The Warren Court was very aggressive in what they did. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the court affects things in the coming years with three uh, Trump appointees on the court. Mm-hmm. And uh, that would tend to be a more, uh, you would think, would be a more conservative uh, originalist interpretation as opposed to ones who say, well, uh, we, we can do it this way because they didn't think of it, and that's the way it ought to be. It so doesn't seem to be traveling in that direction so far. Social justice is uh, a very ambiguous term. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know exactly what social justice means. I mean, there are social issues that need to be addressed, but you address it within the law. Yeah. You don't uh, you don't bend the law or do away with the law just because you don't like it. 
you know, we were a very, very small country at that time when all of this happened. And then uh, you look at the mass migration that seems to be happening right now at our borders, and uh, it's, it's really uh, caused a major problem for almost everybody during this particular time. And uh, there's, there's hardly any way to even address that right now. It's uh, a lot of discussion regarding the approach which should be used. Yeah. And uh, s some people want to just have open borders, no borders at all, just let people come and go as they want. And others say, well, no, we need to maintain our national identity. Yeah. And, uh, have certain qualifications for people coming in and not just open borders. And, and allowing people who are not citizens to vote is a, is a uh, relatively recent event, last few years. Uh, some places in California, even if you're not a citizen, you can register to vote in the local elections, not in federal elections. Mm -hmm. But uh, Is California a state? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some would say it's in a state. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's amazing how different. I, I, if if people out there have traveled uh, through just about every state in the United States, it's like going from one country. Say if you're in Europe, it's like going from England to Ireland to Scotland and, and Europe, uh, over in France. And, and it, it's... Uh, it's a major difference, and, and that's one of the hardest things to deal with. Um, Europeans you, have no... It's not... All state is different. They have different laws and rules and everything. I've been in 49 states. Someday I'm going to go to Alaska, but anyway... They, Why? Uh, <laughs> You'll freeze to death. Because it's there. Yeah. But um, we lived in California, and it's, a, it, it's an incredibly beautiful state. Yeah. Uh, we spent a week up at Yosemite and... Uh, that is a great area right through there. My nephew talked me into climbing Half Dome, which uh, I was like, you know, I've already done my hiking. I did the mm -hmm. Appalachian Trail parts. I did parts of the Continental Divide Trail. And he finally talked me into doing it. And as it turns out, it is one of the most difficult trails in the national park system. And it uh, it has it is the most dangerous trail in the national park system. And Oh, we, really? Yeah, we because we, you're climbing up the back literally using a cable. Yeah. Uh, to hold on to because yeah. it's so steep. And uh, we got up and back, and it was just incredibly beautiful, but uh, not an easy trail. And I'm glad I did it, but I don't necessarily want to do it again. <laughs> be pretty hard to do right now, Paul. It would be. I'm, you, I'm not you're not 20 years old anymore. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, it was, uh, but it was a. Uh, it was interesting hiking the Appalachian Trail. Uh, Tennessee, North Carolina border along in there, and, yeah. and then hiking the Continental Divide Trail out in Colorado. Um, just the beauty of what's there, and when you're out on the trail four or five days out, you you don't meet any lazy people. I no, mean, only ones that are out there. You know, you'll meet you'll meet all sorts of touristy stuff around Clingman's Dome and that sort of stuff. But when you leave that and you go out on the trail, it's it's pretty tough sometimes. I think that instead of going outside the United States and traveling all over the world and things like that, I think traveling across the country uh, in the original 48 states, I think uh, that is the most beautiful thing that you can do. It, it is absolutely gorgeous uh, traveling all the way from east to west. Uh, stay away from the major cities 
But once you get outside and, and you go uh, out west to every state out west, where the Midwest or, or far west, it is absolute. We live in the most beautiful country in the world. I mean, it's just absolutely. Uh, it, it, it just catches your attention when you go through Monument Valley and, and all of those particular places right. going on up into the Rockies and things like that. Uh, my wife and I uh, did that, and I think that was the, the best trip that we ever had. No matter where we've been, that's the most uh, unbelievable breath-catching uh, uh, trip I've ever been. You can go in southern Utah where Cedar Breaks is, and uh, Cedar Breaks would be above 10,000 feet. You have snow yeah. 15 feet deep. Yeah. In 45 minutes, you can drop down to Georgetown. There'll be palm trees and people swimming in pools. Yeah. And uh, it's just that dramatic a difference. But Bryce Canyon, Zion Canyon, Canyonlands, uh, and then, of course, get on a little further out to the Grand Canyon, just incredibly unique to what's there. You don't find that anywhere else in the world like that. You look down in the Grand Canyon, and it almost takes your breath completely away. It really does. And I actually get dizzy looking down into that. I had a friend. I have a friend here in town, Bill Griggs. He lives mm -hmm. out in Bellbuckle. He did the Grand Canyon north rim to south rim in one day. Ooh. And that's going that's going all the way down and then coming all the way back up. Yeah. And uh, lost his toenails, uh, you know, because when you're going down, you're putting pressure on your toes. And he didn't go down with the mules, I presume. No, no. He he. This was hiking it. Wow. And uh, I, I was he by himself? Oh, uh, well, I. I I don't know whether he was or not. He might have yeah. had a partner, but I, I said, "Bill, you're a better man than I, because <laughs> I've I've done a little bit of hiking in Grand Canyon, but nothing like that." And it's just sounds incredible. like too much like work. He he climbed uh, Pikes Peak. Wow. He was gonna climb up. He was gonna he hiked up Pikes Peak, and then he was gonna hike down Pikes Peak. But when he got to the top, he said, "You know, I don't need to hike down. <laughs> I can ride down." So he rode back down, but. Uh, yeah, that, those activities are things you got to do when you're younger in shape to do it because you can't do them when you're older. Right? I remember uh, one of the places who we went to uh, was uh, the big dam over there. Hoover Dam. In Lake Mead and all the, all those things. It was just absolutely gorgeous. And we had freedom to do anything. We went all the way down and uh, below the dam and and they showed us all the works that were going on in There's there. There's a locomotive inside. There, yeah, there. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And this was, uh, uh, at, well, well, let's take a quick break, and, uh, and I'll be back in just a second to explain that. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Shut up 
and say... Lights at the Habitat Restore are already a bargain. Lights, lights, lights. But now through March 13th, they're 50% off that already low price. Rush to the Habitat Restore, 850 Mercury Boulevard. Shopping at the Restore. Lamps, fixtures, chandeliers, even light bulbs. Shopping at the Restore, Lights at the Habitat Restore are already a bargain. But now through Saturday, March 13th, they're 50% off that already low price. Shopping at the Restore, 850 Mercury Boulevard. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. The Tennessee chapter of the American Civil Liberties Union is advocating for the removing of a bust of Nathan Bedford Forrest at the state capitol. The Tennessee ACLU sent a letter to the state's historical commission yesterday urging them to vote to remove the bust. The likeness of the former Confederate general and KKK leader residing in the capitol has been a controversial topic for more than a decade. And the 2021 Tennessee Secondary School Athletic Association State Basketball Championships get underway Wednesday at Murphy Center at Middle Tennessee State University's campus. The first round of the girls' tournament and the championship games will be played Saturday, March 13th. The boys will take to the court on March 17th and play for the championship titles on Saturday the 20th. The games have been held in Murfreesboro since 1973. Two people have been arrested in connection to that road rage shooting on I-24 in Rutherford County Saturday. 20-year-old Kayon Warfield has been charged with attempted first-degree murder. Additionally, he and 19-year-old Rizagala Kamis are facing charges of conspiracy to commit attempted first-degree murder and unlawful possession of a weapon while committing a dangerous felony. 19-year-old Rickia Compton took a bullet while riding in a car with her sister and a man. She remains in critical but stable condition. Members of the Murfreesboro Composite Squadron Civil Air Patrol hosted a virtual award ceremony to recognize the accomplishments of the members of the squadron over the course of the past year. Major General Mark Smith, Civil Air Patrol's National Commander and CEO, said of the squadron members, I am so very, very proud of you. I've got a special place in my heart for Murfreesboro Composite Squadron. Smith served as a keynote speaker at the ceremony and highlighted the importance of persevering through difficult times. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Take a moment and rate your lifestyle on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 is a life that's nothing like the life you were promised after getting good grades, a college degree, and a good job in corporate America. 10 is the life of your dreams. If you answered anything less than a 10, tune into the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell, self-made millionaire and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, will show you how to live the life of your dreams and pay for it with passive income. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, Monday through Saturday, 11 to noon, right here on News Radio WGNS. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon with a high in the low 70s. Southwest winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear skies, a low near 48. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 40. Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes for Premier Six Theater. They're now open. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. 
FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back uh, with Paul DeHoff, and we have a phone call. Caller, welcome aboard. Good morning, Bucks. Good morning. Teb, Teb Beatty. Hey, Teb, how are you? Fantastic. How are you doing? Good morning, oh, I'm Paul. terrific. Uh, I shared with you all an experience this morning I had never noticed. Uh, we had a fire in Milton last night, and I'm, I'm sorry for that. But it was, thing was smoky this morning, and I went after that. I thought, the hills are all smoky, but there's really smoke around my barns. I went up, and I looked up in the woods, and there's smoke rising out of the woods. I said, something has started a fire in my woods. The cedar trees are pollinating. The male cedars are pollinating, and it is the hills are completely foggy where there is so much pollen. They are all pollinated together. The males are all orange. And every time the wind blows, it's just like smoke, just like a fire going up in the air and all over. It is the most amazing thing. You know, we're talking about how beautiful the country is. And all my life, I knew they pollinated, but I've never seen them as, as much as they are today. I've never noticed it. It's amazing. If you're driving through out there, Teb, how would, where would they be looking? Anywhere. Just when the wind blows, if all along the hills at Milton, you'll notice they just look hazy. But if you'll stop, if you'll see a group of cedar trees and you'll see the male trees are orange looking, if you will stop a moment when the wind blows or you can shake them, but if you'll love it, when the wind blows, that pollen just is light. It just, it just again, explodes off of the tree. It looks just like, I mean, from a distance, when you're looking at the woods from a distance, it looks like there's a fire and smoke rising up in the sky. I've never experienced it like as vivid as it is this morning. You have to have a certain atmospheric condition to do that. I, I... Today, today, Paul, is it. It is amazing. Now, what I don't understand is I didn't know there was a male tree and a female tree. Uh, what what do the what do the females look like different than the male trees? Today, the males are orange. There's so much pollen on them that yeah. they are they are rusty. They are rusty orange, and the females are still just green. Well, you told me something that I I didn't know. It's interesting yeah. that we can stay close enough to the soil to observe things like that, which most city dwellers don't have a clue about. Well, I'm a country dweller, and I didn't have a clue. <laughs> well, I had never experienced it. I mean, the hills, if you'll drive out today, it just looks like there's, like I thought, is there a, I said, there's no way there's a fog rolling in this late in the morning. Yeah. Uh, but that's what it looks like. It's that extreme. I'm going to drive out that way, Teb. Drive out. Drive out of Hill Pike for sure, but you'll just notice the haze. But when there's a breeze, if you'll get into a group of cedars, you'll get a breeze and you'll see it. It's amazing. People with allergies don't have an appreciation for this. <laughs> I have allergies, no, but I still got to go out and look. <laughs> I mean, you can almost get an allergy looking at it, Paul. It's, you go, oh, man, there's so much in the air. It's a beautiful sight, though. Again, in all of my years of being outside, I had never noticed it. 
like it is this morning. You're amazing, Tab. I've never seen one like you. It's, uh, it's, it's just a beautiful, it's just unique. And uh, I, I enjoy nature. And uh, I was just, uh, I was fascinated by it. I was scared a little bit when I saw all the smoke. That's how much there was. But then when I realized what it was, it was like, oh, man, this is amazing. Hey, uh, Teb, I've got a little note on my computer, and it says, ask Teb about property tax collections. Um, I was talking to It was a, with the storms that we had the week prior to the end of February, it, it disrupted work for a lot of people. It disrupted the U.S. Mail Service. It disrupted UPS and FedEx. And we had a very unique collection year. When we closed out the month of February, we were nearly $20 million behind where we normally are at the end of February in collections. By the fourth day of March, we had collected $31 million and were ahead. All that backlog of mail came in, but it was a very unique. The, the storm really impacted not only individuals, but really impacted the, the carriers. And it, it impacted our uh, our collection flow. That's amazing. I would have never thought it would hit that hard. It sure did. Because we, we get some really large payments through the overnight, you know, through the FedEx and UPS. And we would talk to their drivers because they would press. He said, we've got trucks. This was late February. He said, we've got trucks that still haven't gotten to us yet. And uh, then we saw it when it kind of broke loose and caught up. Uh, we caught up, but it was uh, that was uh, that was kind of unique. The storm, you know, has a really large impact. It had a really large impact. Now, did did you have kind of uh, like a a normal? If if it's a delay, there there won't be any. Uh, um, yeah, the, I guess the penalty would be the the choice. Interest. No, as long as it's postmarked. It doesn't matter when we get it, as long as it was postmarked. So that they were late didn't penalize anybody. Yeah. I had mail sent to me from Houston that was mailed on December 28th, and I received it February 15th. Yeah. Mm. And as long as it has that postmark, Paul, the law allows us to, to uh, we don't have to charge the interest. Well, that's good. I appreciate all you do, Tab. You do a wonderful well, job uh, taking care of everybody in the community. Well, I just wanted to share that with you because it was really unique this morning. I had never experienced it in my life, seeing the, the pollination like it's going on this morning. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to head out that way when this is over with, and I want to take a look at what's going on. Yeah. Y'all have a great day. Paul, have you a great day. You too, Ted. You too. Thanks, Ted. He's such a great guy. I, he's one of these people that no matter what he's doing, he's going to find somebody to talk to. If he goes into a restaurant, he'll talk, stop at every table in that restaurant or wherever he's going. Very positive about it. Yeah, he, he always has been. And he's educated uh, himself in, in a way that he can almost handle any type of question when people come around. It, I just... Absolutely love him, and, he, and the biggest thing, he's got a big heart. He really does, and uh, his family has been that way. He grew up in a family. Uh, I, I remember uh, going to Beatty's 
that would office take supplies. yes office supplies and everything else uh, um, he he would uh, be able to address anything when you went into that door and the first and as soon as you walked in they'd holler your name and I think Teb I think Teb when he meets somebody one time he will remember them forever you don't find people like that hardly anymore. A lot of people. Did, did, did you know what he was talking about, Paul? You, you were acting like you knew everything he was talking about. I didn't have a clue. I've, I've never noticed the pollen. I mean, I've seen pollen when we lived in Mississippi. You'd come yeah. out and you, you could literally write your name on the car in yellow Yeah. Uh, because of the pine tree pollen. Yeah. And it, it would come down. And we had a guy from New York who came down. And he said, oh, you have that in New York, too, and the sulfur settles in on everything. He said, it's sulfur. We're like, no, no, it's, it's pine tree pollen, you know, but. Did you know that there was a male tree and a female tree? I did. Because when they, actually when they bought the persimmon trees here for the East Main Street. We had one persimmon square, tree in our in our yard. Well, they uh, they ordered the trees, and when they provided them, the, the male trees don't have fruit on them. Mm -hmm. The female trees have fruit on them, and when they drop in the spring, I mean, it's nasty stuff. It just it rots and. It's really bad. And so when the city ordered them, they didn't specify one way or the other, and so they got nearly all female trees. Mm -hmm. And when that fruit drops, uh, it uh, it just makes a huge mess all over the sidewalk and everything else. And they've, they've replaced a bunch of them, but some of them are still there. They look very nice other than that little negative factor on them. But. Well, I remember we had a, uh, a cherry tree uh, in, in where we had our fruit trees. And it was the only cherry tree out there, and that thing would bloom year after year after year, and, and have fruit on it. Now, uh, you have another cherry tree somewhere nearby where the bees cross pollinate. You think so? I believe so. Well, we we had uh, I, I think apple four trees. apple trees. Yeah, apple trees are that way. And, and uh, they say that you have to have more than one apple tree, but nobody ever explained to me that you that they were uh, different. Cross-pollinate. Yeah. We, when we lived in Idaho, uh, where my dad was college president, we had an apple tree out there that had two limbs. Years ago, somebody had grafted a uh, pear limb on the apple tree, mm -hmm. and because the seed is the same, it'll grow. Yeah. So we had an apple tree with pears on it, and when you ate the pears, they tasted like apples. Mm -hmm. But you, you can graft. If it has the same seed, kind of go back, goes back to Genesis, you know, produces after its own seed. You can graft those different kinds of limbs on. You cannot graft a plum branch onto an apple tree because the seed is different. Mm -hmm. But you can put it on a peach tree. And uh, so a peach tree pit, I, I think I'm correct in saying that, that plums will grow on a peach tree thing. I'd double check it, but. But I know that you've got to have the same kind of seed in order to do that grafting. And we actually, as kids, we actually did that to, to learn how to do it as a science project in school. Hmm. And uh, it was very interesting to be able to do that. You'd, usually you'd graft an apple limb on a pear tree or a pear limb on an apple tree uh, just so it would be different. But it's fascinating. Well, I knew, I knew that uh, the trees that, that would have the big vines on them, I could swing on those. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I knew something about trees. Most uh, 
The French don't like to admit it, but they got hit by a blight in the 1800s that wiped out their, their vines. And there was a doctor, I believe in Corsicana, Texas, mm -hmm. a medical doctor, who his hobby was vines, and he developed a, uh, he took a vine which did not have good fruit, but it had mm -hmm. incredibly strong roots. Mm -hmm. And so he took the good fruit vines and clipped the roots off of it and put it on those uh, other roots, grafted it on, and it grew and it was resistant to the blight. Sent that over to France, and to this day, they still have to clip their vines and put them on, these, on this rootstock mm -hmm. that came out of Texas. And uh, they don't like to admit that, but, I mean, that's, that's what's happening. And it's, it's fascinating that people in hobbies and horticulture and this, that, and the other find ways to address issues that have been out there and uh, overcome them. Well, the thing that uh, everything is vulnerable, everything. And I remember, have you ever been out to uh, Dale Hollow Lake? And uh, I, we used to go uh, camping out there at, at least once or twice a year. And they had the most beautiful trees right there on the lake. And some type of Japanese insect, beetle or whatever, uh, attacked the trees and destroyed every one of them. More beetles. Yeah. yeah, and it was just, uh, I, I couldn't believe it because those trees had been there uh, who knows how long. And once they came in, uh, the trees were gone. Southern pine beetle wiped out a tremendous amount of woodlands in the southern United States. And uh, they, you know, they ended up having to uh, harvest them, try to harvest them before the wood just went totally bad because they knew the trees were going to die. Yeah. And you actually had some wood that was processed where people paid extra to get uh, wormholes in the wood because it made it a unique pattern in the boards. <laughs> well, okay. You know. Well, you know, uh, God, was, uh, uh, he made a number of people uh, able to uh, fact find the things that were going on in a negative way in our world and make things better. Isn't that something? Yeah. I, I know a, a couple of people. I just find fascinating. It, it just really blows my mind, and, and I love to hear them talk about some of the more interesting things that they have learned and, and been given that particular gift to take care of for us. We'd have people who would buy old furniture, and they would take a hammer and beat the daylights out of the top of it and, and uh, make indentions in it and this, that, and the other, and then they'd refinish it, repaint it, and then sell it as distressed furniture. Yeah. And people loved it. It was a beautiful pattern, and they liked it, you know, and stuff. But it was interesting that, you know, somebody, somebody said, well, I've got this thing that's beat up. I'm going to call it distressed, and it'll uh, it'll sell. And it did. It does. Don't people fascinate you? I know they have Absolutely. to. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we've, we've, uh, we've been given a gift that... Uh, that covers almost every type of situation. And people are out there. Uh, They're unique. They are very unique. And uh, I just absolutely love them to death. I mean, it, it's just uh, when you're not very smart like me and you're around very bright people, uh, it, it just uh, almost takes my breath away.
it, it is interesting and fascinating to, and you've got to you need to develop a sense of tolerance and a sense of understanding sometimes people are prone to jump to a conclusion on something mm -hmm. thinking they understand it and they don't have the context at all about what's going on with it and they uh, but they jump to some conclusion without getting the whole story or without understanding it and uh, so we need to we need to seek to understand people and not just jump to conclusions. And some people go in with a positive attitude, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to meeting people. Other people go in with a negative attitude. Uh, there was a gentleman who was here in town, very good building inspector. But somebody came into church and they were all excited about their new building that they had finished. And they said, come over and look at it. He said, well, I'll do it. He said, I'll come over. He said, I'll do an inspection and tell you what's wrong with it. You know? uh -oh. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> that was just... And I know he was a building inspector, but that was his mindset going in. Uh, it was always looking for the flaws. And attorneys are are uh, guilty of that a lot of times because we look, oh, no. we look for the flaws and the chinks in whatever's going on, you know. Uh, is that answer complete, or is, does it leave a huge hole in there uh, misrepresenting what's being said? And uh, so you try to analyze that and, and get it done properly, but... In, uh, America's just incredible in the privileges and the rights that we they have are. and the ability to do things. Well, you th you think of the, the brilliant people like Edison, Benjamin Franklin. Uh, they they didn't uh, they weren't able to create things initially. They worked at it and they worked at it and and, and it, all the labor that they put into it and the time, and then all of a sudden. Uh, bingo, the light comes on, and, and they've got it. Edison had over 100 tests that he were not successful in light bulb. And they said, well, you failed 100 times. He said, no. He said, I, I learned something every time. I learned that doesn't work. Yeah. Move on, you know. <laughs> he didn't consider it in his, you know, in his conversation. He didn't consider it a failure. He considered it an educational event, which he moved on from, you know. Wouldn't it be great if we'd spend that much time getting along with everybody and enjoy them and, and uh, understanding them? Wouldn't that be special? Yeah, some people, their basic tack is ATAC. <laughs> and so, you know, you have to kind of understand. And my dad had a phrase that he invented. He said, when arguing with a fool, be certain that he is not similarly engaged. <laughs> and, and what he would mean by that is, may have somebody just ranting and raving on something, and he said, your responsibility that's very interesting, and just move on and don't say a word about it. Uh, let it go, because it's not something you're going you're gonna to be able to change or uh, address. So. In today's world, it's harder and harder to understand those things, isn't it? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I, I like to be around positive type uh, situations. I, I, negative things have a way of just kind of turning me off. And, it's like they always say, well, we're against war. We don't want to ever go into a war, this, that, and the other. Everybody should be against war, most of all the warrior themselves. But there are times when, you know. You don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. World yeah. War II, classic example. Yeah, there wasn't a choice about that. We needed to do what's right. And you have a, you have a philosophy today which says, well, if you, uh, you're judging people. If you if you uh, say that what they're doing is wrong, then you're being you're judging them. Well, if you take that to its logical conclusion, you could never have had the Nuremberg trials. Yeah. Because what those people did did not violate the laws of Germany. They exterminated millions of people 
but they were doing what they were told, and that was their belief. And so somebody said, well, who are we to come in and say that's wrong? Yeah. Well, I think there's a principle that says that's wrong, you know. And, and uh, We're out of time, Paul. Uh, that, that was quick. And thank you, Brian, for uh, taking care of our technical problem at the echo. beginning. Yeah, that that made things so much better. <laughs> I was I was ready to go out and run ten miles. <laughs> All right, guys, we will see you in the morning, and we'll have uh, Harry Gill on the in the morning. So I know you'll enjoy him. From NHC's Adams Place. Home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.